Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, folks. Uh, gotta talk Super Bowl. Got a lot going on to cover with this one. Obviously, we touched upon uh, part of this last week, but uh, now with the game on hand, let's get into some of the prop bets that will be talked about uh, because I know many of you are still going to be having uh, virtual Super Bowl parties and talking through with folks. So, uh, just kind of give the lay of the land of things to look out for as you're kind of settling things up. Obviously, you know, folks always want to uh, bet on the coin flip. I mean, it's a coin flip. There's nothing scientific about it whatsoever. But, uh, you know, it's, it is, uh, it is kind of what, uh, it is, uh, in terms of, uh, fan entertainment. Now, you know, there's many theories on the Gatorade colors that will permeate, whether it's going to be orange or yellow. But realistically, again, much like the coin flip, the Gatorade color is also one of those prop bets that you cannot put a finger on because realistically, they know it's bet on. So they randomize the entire sample ahead of time to make sure that you can't get a bead on what the color is going to be. So. Again, it's just completely uh, just out there with randomness that uh, you'll get you'll get the color right. So you know, much like Super Bowl boxes, uh, national anthem, Gatorade color, uh, some of these prop bets, you know, you're just leaving it up to chance. So, what are some of the props you should be looking for to take advantage of, and you know? I definitely think there's certain uh, aspects that you can uh, you can uh, take a look at with a score uh, line of this being uh, a 56 total and a lot of people kind of weighing in on the over between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. You know, with uh, with this game, it is very likely you're going to see a significant. Uh, touchdown of uh, length so uh, the longest touchdown prop uh, I've seen uh, certain lines at at books go for uh, a score over 37 and a half yards 38 yards uh, you know even as high as 39 and a half but I honestly think that uh, you know a touchdown score being over the uh, 39 and a half yards, I, I, I definitely think that's a, a reasonable play here. When you're talking about teams with as much speed on both sides of the football between uh, Kansas City and Tampa, you got Tyreek Hill, you've got Antonio Brown, you got a Chris Godwin, you know, you've got burners, like even a, a guy like uh, Demarcus Robinson, uh, who's been held out to, uh, uh, for COVID-related concerns, uh, you know, Nicole Hardman, Scotty Miller on the Tampa side, 
there are enough burners on both sides that you know realistically you can uh you can at least i can foresee a very real scenario of uh, someone's going to take uh, uh take a a pass to the house and you know i just kind of look at it from the standpoint of you know with these offenses uh high scoring you know there's going to be one blown coverage and someone's going to take advantage of it I I think uh, you know having a touchdown over uh, forty yards is uh, forty yards is a very very reasonable expectation. Now uh, the over bet is minus one sixty seven, um, and again you could chop around for different numbers uh, with uh, various books uh, to get it lower or lower yardage. But I think it's very likely. Uh, I I think the line is a little bit. Uh, under where it should be. I, I think th- this is a, one of those bets where realistically it probably should be closer to minus 250 at a minimum to minus 300 uh, with a touchdown over 40 yards. So there's just too much speed on both sides of the football that I'm not even limiting it to just uh, Kansas City. I think Tampa can catch a Casey's defense uh, by surprise. You know, they, they are going to want to blitz Brady and get pressure. Uh, there is definitely a real possibility that Kansas City catches, uh, uh, I mean, that, that Tampa Bay catches Kansas City on a blitz and, and takes one to the house with the talent that they have at the wide receiver position. Uh, there's nothing uh, necessarily stopping them from uh, beating them uh, on a play. So, again, this is just one of those uh, bets where I, I just think that there's enough value there that uh, you can definitely take the over and kind of go from there because I, I think, you know, realistically the probability is uh, higher than what the line is uh, leading you to believe. All right. So we got to talk about this because uh, a lot of folks are going to be asking about the, uh, this individual for different props and uh, DFS plays and whatnot. And that is Rob Gronkowski. And, you know, everyone loves Gronk. Uh, I mean, Gronk is a future Hall of Famer, without a doubt, first ballot. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with Rob Gronkowski. Now, the issue here is the fact that the way Gronk is utilized in Tampa Bay is being a glorified blocker. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that people see uh, Rob Gronkowski's name in a Super Bowl with Brady and think that he's one of Brady's favorite targets and He's going to get a ton of action. That would normally be the case. But the way Tampa's offensive line is structured, and given Tom Brady's age of 43, he can't take those hits anymore. He cannot take hits. So what they do to keep him upright is, and this is a testament to Gronk, Gronk is literally sacrificing all of his stats for the betterment of the team and just being a pure blocker. And not going out on pass routes. Gronk goes out on less than 20% of pass routes in the second half of the season uh, for Tampa Bay. He just doesn't go out for pass routes. Uh, Cameron Bray is, for all intents and purposes, the receiving tight end. When they do two tight end sets, Cameron Bray at least is getting out on pass routes uh, 40 to 40, uh, uh, depending on uh, the first half of the year, it was uh, at 40%. Now that number is creeping up. Uh, a little bit over 50%. So 
you know, again, on those routes where they're running two tight end sets, it's camera break going out. It's not Gronk. And people are going to get sucked into this by just seeing Rob Gronkowski's name and seeing that, you know, his uh, receiving, because uh, what was the prop at? Um, yeah. Uh, the under, uh, the over underline on Rob Gronkowski's receiving yards for the game is at 32 and a half yards. And people are going to say, it's Gronk. What do you mean I should be not expecting Gronk to at least uh, go over 32 and a half yards? They're, folks are just going to have it in their heads. They've seen Gronk do this in Super Bowls and, and come up with great catches. But, you know, you got to look at it from the perspective of how uh, he's being used. And that's the thing. You know, in terms of catches... Gronk really is not going to get that many opportunities to catch the ball. He might get uh, some red zone targets, but if if we're looking at uh, the actual lines for uh, how many catches Gronk is going to see, you know we're looking we're looking at probably maybe two uh, two targets. That's about it, like three max. But like uh, that's re- realistically. Uh, kind of where uh, it 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 is for Gronk. It, you know, at this stage, he's not going to get that many targets. So, you know, it it kind of begs the question. You know, at two and a half receptions, are you going over or under? And for me, I'm going under. You know, he just doesn't have that many opportunities to go out and catch passes, unless you know we're in a blowout situation for the Chiefs and Tampa's playing from behind. Then you might actually see Gronk. So, like, if you're actually betting on Gronk from a prop perspective, you're actually hoping for more of a blowout from uh, the Chiefs than an actual close game. Because if it's a close game, Gronk's going to be utilized more as a a blocking uh, tight end and not going out for pass routes. And that's the thing. And even if Tampa gets behind, I don't think they use the two tight end sets. I think they just use Gronk and then use the wide receivers, and Gronk still stays behind. Uh, to block, so it, it re- there's very limited game script situations where I can see Gronk getting an opportunity to catch three passes tonight. It, it really is difficult to see uh, that scenario. So again, Gronk still Gronk could be um, still make a Pro Bowl in my opinion on certain teams. He he still you can see him when he's running like he doesn't have the juice anymore where he could. And I don't mean steroids. I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, in terms of the, the burners to like bounce off of tackles and get down the field. Like he doesn't have that kind of burst anymore, but he can still be productive, get tough catches. But realistically, the value he brings to this team is for his pass blocking because of the age of his quarterback and knowing that he has an immobile quarterback. They have to keep Tom Brady upright. So Gronk's best contribution to the team, and he's willing to do it, God bless him, is being a pass blocker. And that's why Gronk, to me, is a terrible play from a DFS perspective uh, for the Super Bowl because there just isn't enough opportunities. Uh, you know, I would say you look at a Cameron Brait because if you're looking at Brait uh, instead of Gronk, and the props kind of support this as well, you know, Brait's the one that's got uh, uh, the uh, the o- over under props uh, uh, 
that are more in favor of being over uh, like uh, two and a half catches. Uh, and even Bray, I still wouldn't put that much on Bray uh, having a monster game because to me, this game is predicated on is Antonio Brown healthy? And that's the bottom line. If Brown is healthy to go, this matchup against the Chiefs is where he should shine. Because realistically, 42 yards, and uh, I'm sorry for jumping around, but 42 yards, for, uh, receiving yards for Antonio Brown is nothing if he's good to go. So to me, the play is he's got to, uh, you know, if I'm looking at the Tampa side and knowing that they need to win, the play would be on Antonio Brown out of all of Tampa's receivers. Out of all the out of all their receivers, I'm looking at Antonio Brown the most to be the beneficiary of going up against uh, this Chief secondary because he can catch it short, he can get uh he can get vertical, he's he's a more explosive receiver than uh, Chris Godwin. And Chris Godwin is a g- excellent receiver too. Don't get me wrong. Chris Godwin's uh, receiving yards prop is uh, priced right around uh, uh, 67, uh, 67 and a half yards. Chris Godwin uh, can definitely get there. I'm saying if we're doing props and I'm looking at it from a game script of who has the best uh, ability to smash a prop, if they're good to go, it's Antonio Brown. Now, if Antonio Brown is still limited, He's he's going to crash and burn out. This is a high-risk, high-reward kind of play, but he's the kind of guy who I think, if he's good to go, uh, if uh, with the line being at uh, 42, I think if you can get a prop of seventy over 70 yards and you can get a decent line on it, take the, the line on Antonio Brown instead of uh, taking a prop on Godwin to uh, go over 70 yards because from the Tampa receiving core side, I think in in terms of yardage, they're going to keep this game competitive. It's a B it's Godwin. And then it's Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to play a very important role in this game, but I don't think it's from a receiving yardage standpoint. Mike Evans has to be the red zone target receiver to get, uh, to draw away attention from everyone else on Tampa and to draw penalties on uh, KC secondary because if Tampa's going to stay in this game I don't think they can win a track meet with the Chiefs they're going to have to find ways of manufacturing offense and I think they can manufacture it with drawing penalties on the Chiefs uh, defense and to me the receiver most likely to be able to do that uh, in matchups because of how physical he is and hand fighting wise it's Mike Evans he's one of the most physical receivers in the entire league and he's been doing it a long time, and he has the respect of the refs to be able to draw those penalties. To me, Mike Evans, from a real-life football standpoint, incredibly valuable to this game. From a fancy perspective, I want almost nothing to do <laughs> with Mike Evans. Uh, you know, will I have some exposure to him? Yeah, that that's definitely a play. But from a prop perspective, I'm I'm trying to avoid anything Mike Evans-related because I just don't see uh, the receiving yards uh, going in his favor. If I'm taking guys from a receiving yards standpoint, I'm focusing on the Chiefs. I'm taking Travis Kelsey, the the, the prop line of uh, him getting to 100 yards, I think is a slam dunk for uh, Kelsey to easily blow past that. Uh, you know, 
and actually looking at it now, it, it's it's even crept over a hundred yards, which it should be. Uh, you know, I think when it was originally at like ninety, I think it was at ninety six is when I started hitting that uh hitting that prop. Uh, you know, it just it's too low. I think Travis Kelsey because they're going to concentrate so much on trying to limit Tyreek Kill over the top. Travis Kelsey should have an excellent day against Tampa's defense. It's just, you know, the matchup is too good against Devin White uh, for Travis Kelsey not to get to 100 yards of receiving today. I, You know, if Kelsey doesn't get to 100 yards, you know the Chiefs are struggling because I think the Chiefs are going to try to concentrate as much as they can. And even then, I still think Tyreek Hill is a viable option from a reception standpoint, maybe not receiving yards, but from a reception standpoint, I think the Chiefs are going to try to get uh, uh, Tyreek Hill uh, the ball in space. And even uh, if you uh, look at some of the props uh, for rushing yards, uh, there were some rushing yard props for Tyreek Hill in some markets uh, for, uh, if you can see it in the sports book, there were some Tyreek Hill uh, rushing yard props for if he could get over six yards rushing, I definitely can see the chiefs doing some uh, reverse uh, jet sweep plays uh, with Tyree kill and getting him involved as much as possible uh, to kind of throw off Tampa's uh, defense. Cause I just don't think this is a running game for the chiefs. I think the chiefs kind of uh, for the mo by and large, unless they're inside the red zone, I think they kind of abandoned the run game and focus strictly on a passing game. So I really like, Mahomes' uh, uh, passing attempt props, completions props. Uh, I just think that this is a passing game for the Chiefs. And, you know, when you're looking at it, I just don't see where, uh, you know, from a reception standpoint, uh, Kelsey and Tyree Kill don't factor in uh, to that in a big way. Uh, Kelsey, I think, is a lock for 10 catches today. So, to me, when I see uh, props of eight and a half or uh, uh, nine catches uh, for Kelsey, I I just hit those uh, early and often uh, throughout the week. But to me, those are the kind of plays you should be looking at because it's just too much of a reasonable matchup. I can't see Tampa trying to lock down Kelsey and letting Tyreek Hill go free. They they got to pick their poison. One of them. They got to pick your poison on who they rather have man to man coverage. And, you know, at the end of the day, Travis Kelsey is a beast and he can carve you up. But Tyreek Hill is so fast that he can blow past everyone in the secondary and he's too dangerous to let get off. And that's what happened to the Bills. They, uh, you know, Kelsey had his way with them in the first half. The Bills then decided, okay, we're going to switch it up and actually uh, bring folks in and try to contain Kelsey. And then Tyreek Hill went off in the second half. It, you know, it's just too dangerous. Uh, and the game was over by then. It's just too dangerous to give Tyreek Hill options. So to me, uh, the two guys that I think are going to be able to benefit the most out of this and would be looking at it from a props perspective would be Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, for all intents and purposes, is uh, supposed to be uh, good to go uh, 
for the Super Bowl, uh, you know, we don't have the official word yet uh, on Watkins being cleared. But, you know, from all intents and purposes, Sam Watkins should be able to clear uh, his yardage prop of uh, uh, th- uh, 37 yards. Uh, you know, I think he's good for 40 yards, uh, uh, 40 to 50 yards uh, today and kind of go from there. But, you know, if for some reason Watkins can't go, then you're 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 going to be looking at a McCole Hardman uh, again. But, you know, that actually kind of changes up the dynamics uh, if uh, Watkins can't go. Because if Watkins can't go, uh, which has been the case in most of the playoffs, the Chiefs offense doesn't necessarily uh, run as much of their uh, zone-based play. So they've been kind of limited more in terms of just doing all-or-nothing plays, which is what you saw against the Browns and the Bills. Now, granted, in the Browns game, Mahomes got hurt in the second half, so it changed up, it changed up everything. But realistically... You know, when they go into that home run type mode, you know, they they really start swinging for defenses. So it it almost makes the Chiefs a little bit more dangerous when Watkins is out because they get more aggressive with their play calling. Whereas if they have both their zone busters in, because, you know, what Kelsey and Watkins are able to do is they find a soft spot in the zone that you're running because you're uh, you're uh, you keeping blank uh, bracket coverage over the top on uh, Tyree Kill to limit the big plays. So that usually leaves some part of the middle of the field open for Patrick Mahomes. And usually the Chiefs offensive line is able to give Mahomes enough time to spot where Kelsey and Watkins are going to be. So to me, that's where I just look at it as a uh, an easier prop uh, uh, to kind of go uh, go with. But um, yeah, I, I kind of look at this again. If I'm comparing uh, head-to-head matchups, I'm taking the Chiefs guys versus. Uh, I'm really taking the Chiefs guys versus uh, almost all of the Tampa receivers outside of AB. Uh, you know, if if it's AB against someone, uh, then we might have a different opinion. The only one that would be Kelsey versus AB. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give the edge to Kelsey, but uh, you know, I I definitely look at this as a case where you know. If I'm if I'm being realistic, you you could definitely see a lot of uh, you could definitely see a lot of uh, exposure to the likes of uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, basically limiting uh, the upside of uh, uh, plays such as Nicole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson, uh, just because they won't have enough catches to. Uh, be that much of a difference maker. So on a prop side, you know, obviously keep uh, an eye out for the uh, act, active reports, but uh, Watkins should be good to go. So I'm, I'm staying away from any props on uh, McCole Hardman and uh, Demarcus Robinson because of uh, the Watkins news. I just think it's going to be uh, too much of a difference. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm looking at it from a game prop standpoint. Uh, you know, I know everyone's focused on the length of the national anthem uh, time. You know, here's here's what I'll say about uh, the national anthem props because people have been timing the practice rehearsals. You know, it's going to be done by it's a duet with Eric Church and Jasmine. Uh, oh man, I'm blanking on her last name. Um, but uh, you know, if you have 
props on the national anthem and you know it's a duet here's the here's the deal i always take the over on national anthem links why because it's a national tv audience it's the biggest audience that will ever see a singer in their entire lives of course they're going to be trying to hit every single note and stretch it for as much as they're worth because they're never going to have a bigger audience listening to them sing the national anthem i I just always kind of bank on bet the over for the national anthem. And because this is a duet, you have to harmonize. So it just makes it uh, more likely they're going to take their time with it. So to me, uh, when you're doing these uh, uh, national anthem props, I'm not doing it this year uh, because, uh, you know, to me, we've had too many controversies on the length of Brave, like how long the accentuation goes like there's just been too much drama it's like i can't i can't be involved with uh, drama over something so inane as the national anthem length but to me i would say bet the over on the national anthem length because it just makes way too much sense at that stage uh for you to focus on uh the actual singer just going over because it's a large audience the biggest audience they're ever going to perform in front of in Basically, every case of these singers, they are going to string out notes. That's just the way it's going to be. So, bet the over on the national anthem and call it a day. And, again, because some of you degenerates love this uh, prop bet on the color of uh, the Gatorade bath uh, for the winning coach, the leader in the clubhouse right now is orange at plus 160. Red or pink is at plus 350. With yellow, green, and lime also tied at three fifty, and clear at plus five hundred. There you go. No one knows what the Gatorade uh, color is going to be. It's randomized for a reason. Uh, but uh, I, I know folks get caught up with that. So uh, that's going to do it. I'm going to do uh, my main uh, uh, show, uh, just covering the last thoughts on the Super Bowl uh, picks and my DFS plays. Uh, coming up uh, later today, but uh, uh, that's all for now. So enjoy the game, everyone, and uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.